want to start this podcast with a riddle. Get ready to rack your brain. Put on your thinking cap. Okay, it's not going to be that hard. But a quick look at this episode title should give you some sort of hit. Are you ready? Here goes the riddle. I cannot move, but I can be in six places at once. I cannot drive, but I can crash. I can join the sea or be shot into space. What am I? I'm going to give you a few seconds to think about the answer. So what can be in six places at once when it can't walk anywhere? What can be in a car crash when it can't even drive? And how can something immobile be part of the sea or even get to space? I've got the answer for you. Are you ready? Human remains. I know what you're thinking. What? Yeah, you're probably surprised. Not too many people are going to do a podcast about death. It's a tricky subject and dead bodies are something that no one wants to talk about, right? But get this, they play an integral role in technology. Let me explain. Dead bodies can make amazing crash dummies. They can help engineers design safer cars. And they certainly help plastic surgeons perfect their skills. That's right. If you donate your body to science, your head's likely to go straight to a medical school. So if you've ever had a nose job or any other type of plastic surgery, it's likely that your surgeon perfected his or her skills on a donated head. It might be shocking, but let me get to the big picture. Basically, there are so many ways you can use your body after you're gone. Of course, we said you can donate your body to science. You can be an organ donor. But did you know that you can turn your body into fireworks? That's right. It sounds wild. But let me tell you about Heavenly Stars. It's a company that puts cremation ashes into fireworks. You can celebrate a loved one by shooting streamers or sparklers into the night sky. It's a spectacular, sparkly, technicolor send-off. Talk about going out with a bang. And speaking of stars, I've got to tell you about a company that promises to shoot your remains into space. Here, check it out. The Celestis Earthrise Memorial Service launches a symbolic portion of cremated remains to outer space on board a powerful rocket and gently returns the precious cargo to Earth, creating a memorial keepsake unlike any other. Now that's fascinating. But if you'd like to help the environment, you could also join the Great Barrier Reef. Seriously, let me tell you about another company, Eternal Reefs. These people put human remains into an environmentally safe cement mixture. I know what you're thinking. Those words don't really go together. Cement? Environmentally safe? What's going on? Coral reefs? All right. Basically, this company sculpts your ashes into artificial reef formations. Imagine a cluster of vivid, colorful, beautiful coral. You're then placed into the ocean, and it's a great way to help the environment long after you're gone. And that's only the tip of the iceberg. Before we move on, I've got to tell you something else. Did you know that you could also become a diamond? A Swiss company will put cremated remains into an intense machine. Basically, it recreates the natural environment that diamonds come from. Some time passes and voila, your remains are now a shining diamond. One woman went on News 6 to share her story. On the 10th anniversary of my dad's passing, I had a memorial diamond made. What's really special to me about my memorial diamond is that every time I show it to someone, I get to talk about my dad. It's such a great uh, way to pay tribute to his life. So death is a grim, serious topic, but this is not going to be a frown town episode. Quite the opposite. 
we're going to give you a fun and informative look at what's called the death care industry. That's right, it has a term, the death care industry. You're going to learn all about the cutting-edge startups that are using technologies to disrupt the funeral industry. You're going to learn about some common funeral scams that you need to watch out for. And remember, this is a topic that affects everybody. I mean, you know what they say, death is a great equalizer. We all deal with it in some way or another. But you may not have known about all the tech that comes into play. We have the new death care startups popping up left and right. I'm going to talk to some of these fresh faces that are breathing new life into this ancient funeral industry. We'll bust open some myths and teach you some shocking stuff. So stay right where you are. We have some unbelievable things to teach you. But before we leave, how about a little death joke? Okay, the husband and wife are having marriage trouble. The husband is often unfaithful. One day, the wife died an early death, and she arrives at Heaven's Gate, and she's met by a past loved one. It was her grandmother. And then she says, Grandmother, Grandmother, what must I do to get through Heaven's Gate? The grandmother says to her granddaughter, Oh, it's so easy, honey. All you have to do is spell one word. And then she says, Grandmother, what is it? And the grandmother says, Easy, honey. Just spell the word love. After many years and multiple affairs and wives later, the husband dies, and he arrives at Heaven's Gate, met by a past loved one. It was his first wife. And he says, oh, honey, it's so nice to see you. What must I do to get through Heaven's Gate? And his wife, who died earlier, says, well, husband, you must spell just one word. And the husband says, oh, dear, what is the word that I need to spell? And she says, Czechoslovakia. (laughs) All right, stay right where you are. We'll be right back. Funerals are tough to talk about. They're deeply personal affairs. Most of them are glum, solemn events, and they should be. If you crack a smile, sometimes people will scowl at you. Instead, people are sad, they're remorse, they're crying, and for all good reasons. The pain of losing a loved one is so very difficult. It may be universal, but it's also truly very personal. And then there's another side of funerals we don't often talk about, and that's the business side. Let me throw a few shocking numbers your way. According to PBS, the funeral industry rakes in about $20 billion a year. Wow. And let me tell you about pet funerals. That's a completely different beast. The Hustle reports that the pet funeral industry makes around, okay, are you ready for this one? $100 million in profits per year. Now, those are some big numbers we're talking about. And now, more than ever, we've got more fingers in the pie. Do you remember how I mentioned some funeral-oriented tech startups? Well, we're seeing a ton of new companies that want to help you preserve your body or celebrate your loved ones. They are reinvigorating the funeral industry, offering alternatives to the typical solemn funerals that we're all used to going to. I'd like to welcome Christina Andriola to the podcast. She's the founder of New Narratives, an event management company specifically for modern memorials. Now, over the past three years, she's seen a lot of change in the funeral industry. She has a lot of insider knowledge to share. So, Christina, let's start here. 
Tell me the story about how you started your company. Right. So I actually came from an event management point of view. So I was in the Vancouver events industry for about, like, give or take 10 years. So you spent a decade planning fun events over in Vancouver. Tell me more about how you made the switch. What made you focus on funerals specifically? I had a loss in my family and... I was the one working, like the family point person to work with the funeral director to help my aunt while she was making arrangements for my uncle. And I recognized that there was a need for an event planner or an event company that really focused on helping families who needed some extra support for celebration of life events. That's why I love entrepreneurs like you. I mean, you saw a need in the industry and then you stepped up to fill the void. So tell me more about exactly what you do. So just like you would have a wedding planner for a wedding or like a corporate planner for a conference or something like that, like who's really out there doing this for families who've just lost somebody? Like if you want to have a celebration of life, who do you call? And uh, of course, there's a bit of a gray area like between me and the funeral directors and those in the funeral profession and licensed. um... Licensed morticians, right? So for example, since you come from an event background, you have a different skill set than, say, a traditional funeral director, which makes sense. I mean, you offer a completely unique experience. But yeah, I started it three years ago. And um, I think ever since then, I've gotten more experience and more contacts within the death care industry. So I would say it's the opposite. I've actually I've learned more since starting my company. What was that like for you when you first started? You had absolutely no experience with the funeral industry. I'm curious about your viewpoints. Was there anything about the industry that you sat back and go, wow, that's really something? I mean, it surprised you. It's an industry that hasn't seen a lot of innovation. I, I had a friend of mine a couple of years ago. She said to me, and I love this, she said, our, like our iPhones have changed more in the last five years than our end of life rituals and the discussion about the end of life. And it makes sense that people struggle in that discussion. It's hard to face our own mortality. It's much easier not to think about it, to just sweep it under the rug. But tell me more about the industry. What else have you learned? What else has surprised you? And how how my community has grown and how I've I've reached out to a lot of my colleagues via Instagram and uh, built that community there. And just the number of people, like independent professionals, and there's, there's lots of memorial websites out there, and there's lots of people speaking on grief and grieving. And as that becomes more more out in the air and more open and more openly talked about, it's, it's neat to see how people are embracing social platforms and therefore the industry gets less of like, you know, less of the reputation that it belongs to the old crotchety, the, like the man in the dusty, dusty coat, you know? Really? I wouldn't expect Instagram to be a hub for death care professionals. Tell me more about that. I've reached out to a lot of my colleagues via Instagram and built that community there. The number of people, like independent professionals, and there's there's lots of memorial websites out there, and there's lots of people speaking on grief and grieving, and that becomes more out in the air, more open, and more openly talked about. Yeah. Now, it may sound surprising, but social media can really help people deal with grief. So head over to Facebook, and you can find support groups. You can connect with strangers who have also gone through loss sharing comforting words and inspirational quotes over on YouTube. I found videos on grief counseling and the science of loss. NBC News had some great insight on grief. When we're grieving a profound loss, we often say we're heartbroken. But it might be more accurate to call it brain broken, given the role the brain plays in grief. As your brain adjusts to the loss of someone you love, 
You might feel numb, depressed, or foggy. But moving through the stages of grief is natural and healthy. It helps you process your loss and begin to move forward over time. And your funeral experience can impact the way you move forward from a loss. I mean, a disastrous funeral can prolong your pain, whereas a good, positive experience might hopefully ease your grief. If you have a traditional open caustic funeral, which have been around since the Civil War, but you also have the lighthearted alternatives like celebrations of life. And Christina, you're an expert on throwing fun events that celebrate loved ones who we've lost. Tell me more about what makes your company stand out. Say, let's compare new narratives to the typical funeral service. How is your work so unique? So the one that I offer is for families who would like to, they would like to do an event outside of the funeral home. And of course, before COVID, this you wanted it to do it at a senior center or at a banquet hall or at somebody's house and wanted to treat it less like. It was for the family who wanted an alternative experience. Can you give me an example of an alternative experience? So for example, one of my first clients was a friend of a friend who had lost his mom and the mom really wanted an 80s themed celebration of life. I have to tell you, that does sound fun. I'm imagining it now, some poppy 80s song playing in the background, a bunch of folks in colorful clothes, probably some neon shirts and tiger prints. Of course, they've got teased hair, and who can forget those leg warmers? Okay, maybe throw in a little sparkling disco ball. Gosh, this sounds like a far cry from any typical funeral that I've attended. She was very adamant about it, and so we picked a particular venue that was very popular in the 80s, and it was a really nice tribute to her. Like, of course, there were speeches, and some people were crying, but then again, there was a band, and there was $600 of takeout pizza that we ordered at 11 o'clock at night, and an open bar, and it was just, it was lovely. Like, it was just a different experience. I bet, but of course, we can't throw those big celebrations nowadays. I mean, we do have social distancing to deal with. Now, what I'm finding is the way that I'm putting a spin on things is to really make the tech much more accessible for families. So make this experience, like really you can bring this experience to anybody. So you're taking advantage of Zoom calls to throw virtual memorials. Let's talk a little bit about that. So say I'm about to attend one of your virtual events. What can I expect? Walk me through it. Okay, excellent. So it's like being on a big Zoom call, but the families beforehand will will figure out a schedule. And everybody who attends, of course, is given an invitation where you just have to click a link and then you get immediate access to the Zoom meeting. And then you have someone in the background who's us just managing all the technical things and whoever is attending to just click that link and be entered into the room and be able to see everyone who's there. That's a huge load off of their mind. Your clients don't have to worry about the tech side because you're taking care of it. So it sounds pretty easy so far. I mean, you click a link, you join a group video, you chat, and then what? It's one speaker at a time and just move the camera from speaker to speaker to speaker. Sometimes we'll play a video. So if you've been on a call where someone has screen shared, this is what we would do for slideshows and do rituals. Like everybody goes into gallery view and we do a candle lighting or a group toast or something like that. But we work with the families to really curate an event that doesn't have to even though it's virtual, it doesn't have to feel like a plan B. Like it can still be as meaningful and as connected as an in-person event would be. 
That's a really good point. A virtual memorial is not a plan B. It's a new, unique event all on its own. What do you guys think of this? Have any of you attended a virtual memorial? Reach out to me and share your story on social media. I'd love to hear from you. Now, as far as me, I haven't been to one yet, but I did have a friend who recently passed away last week after a two-and-a-half-year battle with cancer. She was only 32 years old, and she leaves behind a great husband and a a four-year-old and a three-year-old, and right now everybody's planning her virtual memorial. And it will be a fun Earl. That's exactly what Ashley wanted it. She didn't say, I didn't want a funeral. I want a fun Earl. So I imagine that her family's going to be putting something pretty spectacular together. All right. Later on, Christina's going to tell us more shocking ways that COVID's impacted the death care industry. I'm also going to share some common funeral scams you've got to watch out for. And did you know that there's a casket monopoly in the U.S.? Yeah. But I'm most excited to share the story of Recompost with you. It's a revolutionary company. Okay, let me explain. There are tons of tech companies shaking up the funeral industry. One had to go to the government to get its plan approved. That's Recompost. This company uses natural techniques to break down bodies into nutrient-rich soil. I'm going to speak with an expert about the science, the tech, and the surprising legal battle that stood in the company's way. As we're going to learn, it's not easy going green. You're going to get the full scoop once we get back. So stay tuned. We've got a lot more coming your way that you don't want to miss. Welcome back to Tech You Should Know. Today, we're shining a bright light on the death care industry. We're learning about the amazing ways that tech is spicing up this age-old sector. Now, I've got a shocking number to share with you. Did you know that Americans buy almost 2 million caskets every year? I don't know if any of you listening have ever bought one. I certainly have had my share. But they are really expensive. Every year, the casket industry rakes in around $1.4 billion in sales. Wow, $1.4 billion. Okay, here's the bad news. Unfortunately, a lot of caskets are overpriced. I mean, funeral homes, you know, some are good, some are bad. And there's a lot of stories about them upselling their products, preying on your vulnerable emotions. Before you know it, your wallet is a few thousand dollars lighter. Here's more from Vox Media. The funeral industry has also been known to engage in predatory business practices, like selling vulnerable families add-ons and services that they don't need. They've also been the subject of a number of class action lawsuits, including one for conspiring to fix the prices of caskets at artificially high prices. Modern burials are also incredibly wasteful. So put a pin in that wasteful part. We're going to give you more details on that later. I want to give you an action plan. Basically, funeral scams are such a big problem. Even the FBI is concerned. Its official website has a bunch of great advice, but first, do your research before you commit to buying a casket. You can find some cheap deals online. Yes, just want to tell you that you can even buy a casket at Costco.com. You don't have to buy the caskets in front of you at the funeral home. Don't forget, you have options. And remember this, do not let yourself be pressured into buying additional services. The FBI advises you to bring a friend along to temper your emotions. A clear-headed companion can help you save a lot of money. Also, what's your plan for after you're gone? Do you know what you want to do with your body? 
Get your plans down in writing now and share your wishes with the people closest to you. Speaking of that, have you ever heard of a prepayment option? They're offered by a lot of death care companies. Basically, it means you can pay a company a small fee each month for your future funeral expenses. The FBI tells you to do a ton of research before making that commitment. And finally, did you know that embalming isn't necessary for cremations? Oftentimes, funeral homes, they don't tell you this. There's a good reason. It's expensive. They can make money. Embalming can cost anywhere from $500 to 1000 But what is it exactly? Here's a clip from True TV. Embalming is the least respectful thing you can do to a body. First, the jaw is wired shut. The eyes are sealed with glue. Then, the internal organs are punctured and drained through a hole in the abdomen. After that, they pump the arteries full of formaldehyde and stuff the internal cavities full of cotton. So basically, you have to have your guard up when you're making funeral arrangements. Often, funeral workers will encourage you to take a bunch of expensive steps that aren't even necessary. So think of it this way. To a funeral home, every service you buy puts more money in their pockets. So what if you don't really need the extra add-ons? The FBI advises you to do your research, keep a clear head, and stand up to buying pressures. Hopefully, this advice will help you if you're ever dealing with a potential funeral. It's a little upsetting to realize that these precautions are even necessary, but I'm all about giving you knowledge for your future. You never know what can happen. Speaking of which, let me tell you about some cool death care companies out there. Did you know that there are free services that help establish your end-of-life wishes? Check out Cake and Lantern. These people help you pick your designated decision maker. That's the person who decides what happens with your body, how your funeral's held, and so on. Cake and Lantern will also help you decide how your belongings will be passed out. So you can also choose your final tweet if you wanted to. Now that we've spoken about such a serious issue, let's pivot to something much more cheerful. Christina, you've been teaching us some fascinating stuff about tech in the death care industry. We've been learning all about virtual memorials, and you just started doing them after COVID. Was it hard making that switch from throwing in-person events to going 100% online? Yes. As soon as the, the shelter-in-place uh, orders started, um, I am so I'm in Vancouver, Canada, and my colleague, um, Ali from LifeWeb360 is in Chicago. And so we've, of course, there were a bunch of us um, that joined the Slack channel and we were all talking about different things to do. And they were putting together a couple of resource guides. And so we put together a big PDF on how to essentially like, do it yourself, do a memorial event. But for people who needed a bit of extra help or wanted to hire somebody, we would be there. So yeah, at the beginning, we really dug deep into how do you use Zoom and how we could how we could use that to connect to bring families together? That's really interesting. So you teamed up with professionals from across the border to work at a solution. It sounds like COVID has had a huge impact on the death care industry. Oh, I you know what? I think this is exactly the shakeup that we needed and that the industry needed. That's a bold claim. What makes you say that? Beforehand, everyone was doing it the way that it's always been done and not really knowing that there were other other possibilities or other ways to do things. And now families are taking to Google because they have to. Families are finding independent services. They now have to get creative with how to gather all of their loved ones together because, of course, the in-person method isn't an option anymore. Well, you know what I mean. Like, it's not, it's not the option that it once was. Absolutely. Funerals are completely different now. Just last year, we never had to worry about standing six feet apart. 
people would hold one another for comfort. It's completely different now. And so families are getting more creative and finding more of these alternative services now, which before it was, it, I wasn't getting, I was getting a few leads, but not too many. Like I was trying to crack the code, if you will, of like, how to be successful with a with an end of life business, especially one that families needed. But now COVID has been quite honestly, like the best thing that's happened for my business. It does seem to be a good time for the death care industry. We're seeing a lot of innovation like you're talking about. But we're also seeing a bunch of new faces with brand new ideas. And there are so many companies that are popping up now, which is really, really great. Like I found before, um, not very many families would take to Google or they wouldn't know what to search. And now, and now with these restrictions, everyone, you know, if you haven't used Zoom before, at the very least, you've heard of Zoom. Or like for older people, somebody's like your friend's grandson probably knows how to use Zoom who can teach you before the event. Absolutely. I am so often the person who gets asked to help set things out from TVs to laptops to getting forgotten passwords. I am the go-to techie in my house. And sometimes it's like, oh, why do I have to do this? But that's my role. And moving along, I want to tell you guys and gals about a new company on the death care scene. Remember how earlier I was telling you all about the amazing things that you can do with your body. You can turn your ashes into a beautiful fireworks display. You can become a gorgeous sparkling diamond on your family member's finger. You can even turn into soil. Sure, it's a little less glamorous than the alternatives, but people who want to go green, they can, literally. It's a new option for after you die. Sure, you can be cremated, you can be buried, but you can also go through natural organic reduction. We'll go into the weeds on that later. This new model of death care is through Recompose, a tech startup that's revving up to open for business. They're a long time coming. In fact, it took their founder seven years to get the business off the ground. Katrina Spade lobbied Washington for seven years. Can you believe it took her that long? She was fighting for a legal alternative to burial or cremation. Yeah, those are the only two options at the time. But thanks to her hard work, the state of Washington passed a bill in late 2019. And today, we're happy to welcome Anna Swenson to the podcast. She's in charge of communication at Recompose. So, Anna, I'm hoping you can give us a little bit of background. Why exactly did it take seven years to get this bill passed? Sure. So, yeah, I mean, not a lot of folks maybe realize that burial and funeral law is really highly regulated. There's a lot of different licenses and rules involved. And the reason for that is, of course, you want the everyone wants to make sure that your person is treated with respect and there's no, you know, mishandling of remains. Definitely. So that was why there needed to be a new process added. It's called a disposition option. That's basically what choices you have for what happens to your body when you die. And here in Washington, um, Katrina Spade partnered with some folks who wanted to bring forward a process called alkaline hydrolysis, which uses water and charge to reduce the body down to an ashy material. So uh, many other states already have alkaline hydrolysis, I think maybe 15 other states, um, but it had not passed here in Washington in previous tries. But when Katrina partnered with them and they were able to bring it forward on a bill of consumer choice, that was what really made the difference. And It really is fascinating that we were stuck in this binary for so long. You had two choices, burial or cremation. Both aren't, I guess you could say, 
ideal for the environment. The option you guys and gals offer is best for the environment, but your founder, Katrina, had to lobby the government for years just to make it an option. It does make a difference if you have a choice for, you know, if you don't like burial or you can't afford a plot in a place that you like. You don't like cremation either because of the environmental aspect or maybe you don't like fire. Um, It can be really supportive to people to have other choices and other options. So that's why we were able to prove that this is safe and effective and pass the law and bipartisan support here in Washington. Better late than never. And green burials are becoming more popular than ever before. We've got about 100 green cemeteries in the U.S., and demand is increasing, and for good reason. Death has a huge impact on the environment. The MIT Technology Review has some shocking stats. Cemeteries take up 1 million acres in land. Caskets destroy 4 million acres of forest a year. And remember when we spoke about embalming earlier? Yeah, burials use about 800,000 gallons of embalming fluids a year. Imagine the toll that takes on Earth. With these numbers, it's no surprise that more people want to minimize their ecological footprint in death. Now, coming up, we're going to take a deep look into natural organic reduction. You're going to learn how it works and why it's great for the earth. We're going to talk more with these professionals about the death care industry, how COVID's going to impact death care long term, and how these tech startups are really changing the game. How is tech changing the way we deal with death? Stay right where you are. We have some more great stuff coming your way. I hope you're not going to frown town in this podcast, because I really just want to open your eyes to the fascinating corners of the death care industry. You may be thinking to yourself, Okay, by now, Kim's has run out of stuff to talk about. Well, think again. I want to tell you about the amazing mushroom bodysuit. This is an all-black cotton suit infused with mushroom spores that helps your body decompose. This way, your body's nutrients help feed the plants. Now, compare this to your typical burial. If you've been embalmed, your body's releasing chemicals into the earth, none of which are really all that beneficial. If you skip the coffin and wear the infinity burial suit instead, you'll be feeding into the cycle of life, literally. Check out this clip from the suit's inventor, Jay Rimley. Here, she's describing her research in a TED Talk. So today, I'm collecting what I shed or slough off, my hair, skin, and nails. And I'm feeding these to edible mushrooms. As the mushrooms grow, I pick the best eaters to become infinity mushrooms. It's a kind of imprinting and selective breeding process for the afterlife. So when I die, the infinity mushrooms will recognize my body and be able to eat it. All right, so for some of you, this may be really, really out there. (laughs) Just a little. I realize this is not the kind of relationship we usually aspire to have with our food. We want to eat, not be eaten by our food, right? But as I watch the mushrooms grow and digest my body, I imagine the infinity mushroom as a symbol of a new way of thinking about death and the relationship between my body and the environment. A different way of thinking. This idea may be new, but it's already taken off. Actor Luke Perry chose to be buried in a mushroom suit so his decomposing body could feed mushrooms and support the environment. When I learned about this, I thought it was just too unique to leave out of this podcast. 
But this really illustrates the way people are thinking differently about the way their body affects the earth and death. People are taking science into account. That was the case with Recompost Founder 2. Isn't that right, Anna? Back in around 2011, our founder, Katrina Spade, was getting her master's degree in architecture. She, you know, recycles, composts, drives an eco-friendly car, and is thinking about her impact on the planet. And she started to realize that the options for her death weren't really at the time in alignment with those values. So she was looking for alternatives to death care that was a little friendlier to the planet. And she had a friend call her and say, you know, farmers have been composting livestock for many decades. It's well-established soil science. I see. So she was working from a precedent. And Katrina had the idea of trying to do that for humans. So after lots of development and scientific study and lobbying, um, the Washington State Legislature was the first to pass a law to legalize the process that's now known as natural organic reduction in 2019. And the bill went into effect in 2020. And Recompose is just about ready to open and start performing this process for customers. How exciting. I bet it feels really good to finally be able to hit the ground running. We're just about ready to open our first location here south of Seattle. So it's a really exciting moment. And um, to go into the science of how it works, each person, each body is placed in what we call a vessel, which is a stainless steel tube. It's about four feet high and eight feet long. So what happens next? Each body is placed in the vessel with wood chips, alfalfa, and straw. And the microbes that naturally occur on that plant material and on our bodies is what powers the process. So the environment inside the vessel reaches temperatures of over 131 degrees Fahrenheit. Why that specific temperature? And that's what's in the law. That's what makes sure that all of the pathogens, pharmaceuticals, chemotherapy are broken down. The body remains in the vessel for 30 days. And in that time, it's completely transformed on a molecular level. And what comes out is dark, rich soil. Um, It cures for about another 30 days. And then families can either take the soil home if they choose, if they have enough land to use. It creates about a cubic meter of soil. Um, and can be used to nourish plants and trees. Or we also have the option for customers to donate their soil to our conservation forest at Bells Mountain in southern Washington. Okay, tell me more about that land. Why pick Bell Mountain in particular? And that's a land trust that uses the soil to bring back land that was improperly logged in the 1930s. It was clear cut. There's lots of soil erosion. So it really needs this biological material to nourish it and to grow trees on this, you know, formerly um, mismanaged land. So it's a true returning to the earth process. Absolutely. And people can start donating bodies later on this month. So right now, your company is only operating in Washington. Can we expect some expansion into other states? Absolutely. Yeah. So our first location is here south of Seattle, and we are working to legalize this process in other states. We had good progress in both California and Colorado last legislative session before the bills ended up not going through because of COVID-related budget concerns, but we are planning to bring forward those bills again. They had strong bipartisan support, so we're hopeful that there will be this new ecological death care option in those two states um, soon. And Oregon is also considering it. Um, So yes, we are planning to, we want this to be available to everyone who wants it. And also as of right now, people can come to recompose from other states. 
there is, of course, the barrier of transporting a body can be a little bit involved and it can be expensive, but we are available to people if they want to make that trip. So now I'm curious about the money. How much does this procedure cost compared to, say, a typical funeral? Okay, yeah. So the recomposed price is $5,500, and that includes transport to our facility from within the Seattle area, the transformation into soil that I just described, the opportunity to donate that soil, as well as a virtual ceremony facilitated by our staff. Right. And you'll also handle more logistical matters like filing the death certificate and so on. It sounds affordable. So our process is a bit more inclusive than at most funeral homes. It's a little more a la carte where you pay just for the cremation and then you pay directly for a ceremony. And um, the stats from the National Funeral Directors Alliance show that um, pretty much, you know, what's called a direct cremation, which is just cremation, no other services or ceremony or transport, that here in Washington, about the cheapest you can get that is $1,000. But as you start at, at, to add in those other services, the average cost of one, a funeral like that is about $7,000. And then if you um, do a conventional burial where you have a plot and a casket and, you know, maybe a church service that is easily over $10,000, going up to, we've heard of, you know, in New York City, that can be $50,000 plus depending on where your plot is. Now I want to talk a little bit about your funeral services. It's all virtual right now. Do you plan to ever throw in-person events? Absolutely. We would love to have in-person services. It's just not safe right now for our staff. And also gathering is not allowed here in Washington or mostly anywhere. So right now we're starting with virtual ceremonies, which are facilitated by our funeral director, Morgan. And, you know, she really does like we have a recomposed approach to the service that is built on the carbon cycle and the idea of returning to the earth. And it can also be personalized just like any other funeral or service could be to the person. You know, if there's certain pictures that they like, if there's certain people that they want to um have speak. And also a unique part of our ceremony is there's what we call a laying in process. So Morgan will walk the family through as she places their person inside the vessel so they can give a true send off to them as they reach that other part of their, you know, their function on earth. It sounds like a really tender moment. I'd love to ask you more questions, but this podcast would go on for another hour. So before I let you go, you told our producer that your mom's been a Commando fan for quite a while. I'd love to give her a shout out before we wrap up. Thank you so much to Gigi Swenson for being a longtime Kim Commando fan. Yay, Gigi. I really appreciate your support. And Anna, thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us all about Recompose. Sure. Thanks for the interest. You're very welcome. So what do you think of this podcast? I know it was really a different one, wasn't it? We talked about some truly groundbreaking stuff. And if you'll pardon the pun, of course. But before we wrap up, I'd like to go over some of the biggest takeaways from today. It can be tough to get over our natural disdain for dead bodies. It's easy to think of them as gross. But they've played quite a role in scientific breakthroughs. They've worked as test dummies, helping us to create safer cars, they are tools that can help surgeons perfect their skills, and they play a surprisingly big role in breakthrough technology. So maybe this disruption of the funeral industry is overdue. These new tech startups have a potential to really change death care forever. You've got more options now than ever before. 
You can choose to be cremated, to be embalmed, to be buried in your cotton spore suit to feed the mushrooms. Your family members can even turn your cremated ashes into a tattoo to remember you by. Death is difficult. Loss is so very painful. But we don't have to cringe at the thought of our own mortality. No one lives forever. And it's good to put contingency plans in place. And so thank goodness we have a lot more options thanks to technology. And that's why I love my job so much, because tech is always changing. We may be mortal, but you know it lasts forever. Ideas, innovation, the amazing progression we make that leads to amazing inventions for future generations. Who knows what we'll see in the future? Maybe mushroom infinity suits will be commonplace. Maybe we'll see new inventions so wacky we can never imagine it. Either way, I am so grateful to have had you along my ride, and I hope it opened up your eyes to the death care industry. Maybe it gave you a new perspective on death. Either way, I'd love to hear from you on social media. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a great five-star review wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to subscribe so that this way you never miss a podcast. And thank you so much for listening and for following us. Thanks to Mike James and Cassidy Taylor for their wonderful work producing and editing this podcast. They make every podcast possible. And of course, thanks goes to Serena O'Sullivan for all of her research, her writing, and her interviewing help. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with your family members and friends. And if you want even more high-quality content, check out my other podcast, as well as my national radio show. You can get a free 30-day trial over at GetKim.com, and you also have exclusive access to the Commando community. We're a safe digital lifestyle community, and there you can make friends, ask questions, and get answers to your tech dilemmas. You can stay informed, and you have exclusive access to my show, The Kim Commando Show. Have a great rest of the day. This is Kim Commando, signing out.